I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job, and now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method, and they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. Today, Sarah and I are Director of Operations and Coach in our program. We are going to be discussing uh, time management. For those of you that are working a job and or you have kids and you're doing all the things, maybe taking a course or courses or you're still in school in your internship, you want to figure out how to balance your business, whether you're starting it or growing it, um, with all the things that you need to do that are urgent to move the business forward. Today's episode is for you. So welcome today to uh, the episode, Sarah. Excited to chat with you. Hey, Libby. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah. So we, Sarah and I were talking about our clients and how one of the biggest struggles includes time management. And Sarah has all kinds of operational resources on time management to guide our clients. She also offers coaching in her program on all things uh, ideal week and time management. So can you Describe what does that mean? Why is this important? And then we'll go into a couple scenarios that have recently happened where we've seen some clients break through. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, there's so much that happens in life and so much with time management. We often say, oh, there's not enough time in the day or I can't get this done. Um, You know, a lot of the reason behind that is we're not really clear on what all we actually need to get done. And so if we learn some skills on how to manage that time. And so one of the resources we work with our clients um, in the program is using their creating their ideal week. And, uh, you know, that has you think through, like, what do you want your day? What do you want your week to look like when you can identify how much you do want to work, how much time you're going to spend with your family, how much, you know, all the things you have, then it becomes easier to manage your time and and fill that in. So that's kind of, that's where we'll start. Love it. And so what happens when people, an ideal week, let's define that a little bit more. So what does that include? How do people use it? Like for for those, you know, because this is a conversation, it's not visual in my head. I'm I'm like seeing all these rainbows and colors. (laughs) Can you kind of um, describe what that looks like and help people use that resource effectively? Yeah, so we will, we have the resource, you can think of like a spreadsheet with every day of the week and you have things broken out by hour. So, um, you know, I, a lot of times, like when I first start with mine, I start putting in first, like, may sound silly, how many hours of sleep do you want to get? You know, when are you, if you have kids, what are your family obligations? Um, What I want my working hours to be and really looking at hour by hour, day by day, you know, how do I really want to be spending my time um, and, and getting clear on that? Because like I said, a lot of people never really think about that and they just go through their day trying to get done whatever they're working on and then never really feel like they're getting uh, the important things done. Absolutely. And so and even the exercise of mapping out, for those of you listening, I want you to map out your ideal day. I want you to envision the spreadsheet Sarah's talking about. You know, obviously having a template is nice, but you can just get out a white piece of paper and draw it. You can use Google Docs. It's free. 
and just kind of, you know, make a chart of how you are spending your time now and then how you want to spend your time. I love starting with sleep, right? Because you don't want to compromise that. And it's really eye-opening just to put out how are you spending and operating your day and what like loose percentage of it is on certain tasks. And then obviously we can look deeper and see are those tasks generating revenue? Are they helping you generate revenue? Are they necessary? Would you be spending more tasks on things you love like hobbies and time off and less time doing things that maybe aren't moving the needle? And if you don't know, the first way that you can identify and get closer to knowing how you manage your time is just to identify how you're spending it now without judgment, just as an exercise. Um, so do you find that that's hard for most people to talk regularly about how they're spending their time, Sarah? Yes. Yes. A lot of people have a challenge. And I mean, even me, when I first like started trying to do this, uh, because I don't think it's something we don't really think about usually. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, oh, you go to work, you fix dinner, you go to bed or you do, you know, you, you know, you have these things to do, but you don't really think about it in terms of like, well, how do I want to be spending the time? You know, how much time should I be spending? Do I even need to be doing this? Um, we tend to do things because we think we should or we're expected to without actually being intentional about our decisions with time. Absolutely. Um, I, I love that. The intentionality and managing your energy. And of course, we can get super nerdy in this conversation and talk about you know, optimum times of day. But, but without, I don't want to get too advanced too soon. For those of you listening, if you don't have a sense of how you're spending your day, it's a good idea to start there. I think it's a really powerful exercise. And then in our program, you lay it out and review it with us. And that's really special to have that accountability and the second eye of being entrepreneurs who are able to guide and direct you as far as you know, changing up and, and as Sarah said, identifying uh, what's important and what needs to get done is really a challenge that most entrepreneurs struggle with at every level. So it's important to just put that out on the table and do it often because our schedules change. Things happen, seasons, moves, Sometimes we have visitors and all kinds of things that can affect how our schedule is interrupted. That's just part of life. So with this tool, Sarah, I know that we have some clients that have been able to use this and you've been able to coach them and guide them and help them identify some breakthroughs. So you want to talk about any situations with clients where they've been able to use this tool with success. Yeah, definitely. So we had um, a client that was newer to the program and still had um, quite a few one-on-one -on -one clients, which that can be common sometimes um, for somebody to be transitioning away from one-to-one -one clients and having group programs. And she had filled out her ideal schedule um, because she was trying to figure out how she was using her time. And so that's something I had suggested in one of the calls. I said, well, go break down how you're currently using your time and then I'll review it. Well, when she brought it with me, she did a great job breaking it out. And I noticed like new, several, it was a lot of hours a week. I don't remember the total, but a lot of hours were being used for simply client notes after she'd had one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I said, oh, whoa, whoa, this is a lot of time. I said, first of all, can you either take notes during sessions? Can you limit yourself? Say, I'm going to set a timer for like, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes after. And so by us working through some of that, she was able to cut that down. And then the next time she brought it to me. And so we just kind of kept looking at how can we streamline? How can we simplify? And then I know she had time on the weekends and I was like, do you want to work on the weekend? And she's like, no, not really. And I said, then that shouldn't be a part of your, your ideal week. You know, you need to make sure you're getting it structured and 
you know, within those weekdays, if she was willing to do maybe an hour longer on some weekdays in order to have her weekends free. Um, So with her, it was a a process of kind of working on it a few weeks to get that scheduled where she wanted it. Um, But eventually she got up to a place where she had her schedule pretty close to what she wanted. She's like, now I find I actually have some extra time and I'm not sure how to be spending it. So then I helped her try to identify those tasks that would move the business forward um, so that she was using that time in a productive way. So, yeah. Great story. And this particular client is a dietitian who will be interviewing. Yes. She's made great progress switching. She came to us with a full load of private clients and we've been able to successfully also have her switch her business model. So she's making more money per unit of time, giving her clients a great outcome and community. And then of course, to go full circle to what Sarah's talking about, managing her time because writing notes and charting for those of you that are taking a lot of private clients, if you are doing that, and I'm sure you're aware, or maybe in clinical you, you're doing that. Cause I know I had to spend a lot of time on notes in clinical Uh, Finding a way to streamline that process and be aware of how long it takes is the first step. Um, So I love that Sarah was guiding our client through that journey and really helping her gain awareness and then really um, celebrate the journey. And and I've heard this client celebrate uh, throughout the process that she has time. And I I love that. She's like, wait, I have all this time. What do I do with myself? Right. And and we want to be in that position as business. That's what we want in our private practice. And then we can fill that time with our friends, with our family, reading a book and giving back in the community. Um, so the, the goal is always to be only doing the work that's going to drive the needle forward or drive the, yeah, drive, move forward. And then we want to be removing ourselves um, or limiting the amount of time we're doing administration and just being really comfortable um, about how we can best give back. Um, any other examples um, recently of time management? Um, that was a great one about our, helping our client identify and then seeing her get out of her own way. Um, anything else recent? Well, it's not a specific example that comes to mind, but recently I've had a couple um, of the clients mention that they're just really struggling with time management overall, and they're not sure what to do. And my first question to them is like, when did you last redo your ideal week? So it's just a matter of they did that when they first started the program, but then they've not gone back to it. And so it's just going back to it and read to us. Libby had said, it's really important that you work on that Um as time goes by, it's something you'll do multiple times. It's not just a one-time thing. So they go back and they do that. And then they're like, oh, I haven't. Let me do that. And then they come to me and then we're able to identify those those areas to work on. Love it. Um, absolutely important. So for, for the beginners out there who are just getting, getting started, um, you might have a change. Maybe you're working back and like, you have to go back to work clinical or you were working from home before and you're time management is going to be different just based on the season and based on what's going on in life. And if you're like one of our clients that um, I know Sarah spoke with last night, this particular client said, I'm in a really different place now because I switched how I'm running my offer to better support her needs and desires as a business owner. And that means she's um, offering a different type of service that's going to require different energy levels and different output from her. So that's a perfect opportunity to redo and revisit how you want to structure your week and just take the temperature on how you're managing your business and, and what you next as a business owner to reach your goals. And of course, it's really important to bake in that self-care um, and make sure you have a lot of our clients. I love seeing that they're taking spa days and our clients have like a no meeting Friday policy or they're only taking sales calls at certain times. 
And I think that's really great because you're allowing yourself some, um, some boundaries and some breathing room and you're really enjoying this process and, and taking it at the pace that feels good for you because we're all at different stages of our lives that require different things. So I, I love seeing that the personalization and the community support within our group of how to use um, this this tool um, called the ideal week. As far as I want to come up with, uh, I want to mention just one or two other scenarios there that we've both seen our clients related to time management um, and maybe indirectly to the ideal week, although I don't remember this particular client using the ideal week with this question. But recently, one of our clients um, submitted a question to our coaching call and said, I'm going to be letting go of some side gigs soon, and I just need support. I'm having major mindset issues. Now, this client broke through. It was beautiful. We shared that space during the call and seeing her progress. What are your kind of thoughts or observations on that, Derek? Yeah, definitely. So I remember this. I remember when they asked this question and, you know, one of the first things was, you know, that I asked was, well, what is keeping you from letting it go? Like, what could you be doing with this time? Because when we're thinking of our time management, I mean, there's so many ways to use our time. And if you're wanting to let go of a side gig, it's like, well, why, why would you not? And then but once you do, what's that? What are you going to gain? What's that advantage? And just wanted them to think that through. Um, of what it would be like, knowing that they had a little bit of fear around that. And then how did that, how did that conversation pan out? So she ended up setting a deadline and I don't remember if I asked her to set the deadline or she decided that herself to said, okay, you know, what's the, and I also, I think I also said to her, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like they get upset. I mean, really like what's the worst that will happen? And this is so common and this comes up in so many different shapes or forms, especially when you guys want to quit your clinical job whether it's per diem or full time and that transition from letting go, even no matter how much money your business is making. And I get it because it's scary. It's deciding when to let go, right? I put that air quotes because letting go is challenging and um, just talking it through and and really thinking through how you want to live your life as a business owner and what is a, a great way to set up, how you want to be your own boss, which which can feel scary because you have so much freedom and autonomy, but it's also a beautiful thing to learn with other people who are in a similar position. Maybe your colleagues don't have kids, or maybe their kids are, are you know grown and, and they're already in college, and so they're are, they're on different levels. But I still think it's important to understand the concept of letting go and, and then giving yourself space for something beautiful, um, something that you want, something that's relevant for the bigger version of yourself you become. And in this particular situation, just like how Sarah had mentioned that she asked about, you know, what would happen, worst case scenario, et cetera, and just kind of talking through and coaching with this client, I remember um, asking her uh, what what was uh, something along the lines of like what particularly was making motivating her to, to stay, right? So on the contrary, why do you want to keep this obligation that you've clearly grown out of? And this, our client had said, like, the community, and I like physically being with other people. And I thought that was such a great observation. So what our client did is she found a replacement to still be with other people, but in an environment that wasn't a requirement or an obligation. It was kind of like a substitute. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about how she did that, but it wasn't a, an, a payment obligation of her providing a, a service where she wasn't paid enough of what her rate is worth. She found a way to supplement getting that in-person physical community without it having to be a business obligation that wasn't worth her time anymore. So I think, you know, um, 
I guess, just growing uh, out of or into a new version of yourself and being really aware of that is a huge breakthrough that you can get from being clear of how you're spending your time. And, and you, again, you can do that on your own as you're listening to this episode and just write it down. And, and if you've already done it, do it again and just get really honest with yourself about what's getting in your way to you developing and holding in and, and really living your vision. And as a dietitian, we want big things. We want to help people. And it's absolutely possible once you identify what's getting in your way. Yeah. And I would add this particular client. She had three total side gigs she wanted to get rid of. And after she quit that first one, she followed the other two when I want to say it was just a couple of weeks. I mean, it was quick. It didn't take long. So after doing that first one, it's like, okay, I've got this. And then think what you can do with that time now and just not having that stress and that weighing on your mind. Um, and now you're, you know, you're free of that uh, and able to do, you know, something else or not do anything. Use that just as free time, however you want to use it. I love it. And so some of our clients are, are using that time to travel. I, I love seeing our clients going to the spa. Some of our clients are heavily involved in church in their communities. Um, we're an advocate, our, our company, Sarah, we're an advocate of philanthropy and giving back. And so we try to role model that for our clients as well. So many things that you can do with your time um, as a leader and networking and, and really doing wonderful things when you're able to step back and, and let go of things that aren't serving you anymore. So I just love that, that she got rid of one of the three, <laughs> you know, just that domino effect, right? It just kind of took that, um, that first move um, to really just kind of pull off that, rip off that bandage. So. Yeah, definitely. The last example we want to give on this topic of uh, time management, which has come up, you know, very, very recently with these couple client situations in recent is another one of our clients submitted a question and said, how do I keep momentum or motivation? Should I repost more and evolve old posts that did well last year? What are the thoughts on reposting um, early reels? Are they better to recreate? And then she was sharing her insights and she, our client had submitted this on one of our content calls. And, and what Sarah and I want to do is not talk so much about content for this purpose, but really think through um, the motivation and the time management aspect and thinking through how are you spending your time and your energy and your business and what's the negative effects of you doing things that you don't want to do and how that can demotivate you. And that might seem a little sneaky. You might not realize that, but we see that so often. So anything you want to add to that, Sarah, from this question? No, I mean, I just can't agree more though. Sometimes doing things that you really don't enjoy or that you find are a challenge or draining um, can really slow down that motivation. And then, yeah, it's so easy to then have time go by and then you're like, wow, what just happened? I haven't gotten anything done today. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so an example might be if you're feeling demotivated, the first question I, I want to ask is, how are you spending your time? What are the activities? Like what lights you up and puts you on, you know, gets you super excited and energized. And, and if you don't know, that's okay. That can be a really challenging question and it can evolve, right? For some of us, we might love working in clinical the first day until we realize how under, undervalued and underpaid we are. And then after a week, we're looking for another job or building a business as a dietitian boss. That's cool. So the, 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 the point I'm trying to make is that we as humans evolve with what we need and want. And it's, and I really appreciated the honesty and the vulnerability of that question. And in our program, we get honest and real with our clients and they get honest among each other. And it's so beautiful to share that space and to really support those breakthroughs. 
Because if you're feeling unmotivated for any reason, that's a perfect opportunity to step back and reflect of where you are right now and think just these two simple questions, what makes you excited and happy? And then what kind of drags you down? And that might help you um, get a little bit of insight. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to go full circle and say identifying your day and how you're practically spending your time is going to be a big factor in motivating yourself, um, even if you're taking small steps. Any thoughts on that, Sarah? I know this, this comes up so often as far as um, demotivation and, and feeling motivated. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would just agree with what you have said. Um, and, it, you know, I think especially when somebody is early and starting, it can sometimes be more a little about fear and the unknown. And sometimes that can, um, you know, have them to be a little demotivated and then they may not um, make progress and then they get even more frustrated with themselves. So like you said, so I'm just taking a step back and really looking at like, what is it and why? And that's what, you know, that's why we're there to support them and with the different calls, those are the opportunities to come to us and look to us for guidance with those things. So important and um, really huge is to find a support network and find like-minded people that are going to motivate you. And even if that means right now that you're on social media and you're absorbing content from people that you are inspired from, or you're listening to podcasts like this, that are going to give you that courage, right. And help you break through your fear. It's really important to do that. Um, obviously being in a room and being a, a regularly growing with like-minded people is the fastest way for you to accelerate your growth and, and from here's in influence really so what Sarah's saying is, is we see it we see the power of, of you all coming together and identifying the barriers and breaking past them because it's completely normal there's nothing wrong or inherently bad about feeling unmotivated it's just a, it's a sign that you need to, to reflect a little bit right reflect on where am I at right now how am I feeling what might I be able to kind of reorganize in, in my life and um, it could be as simple as you know what, I'm kind of doing my notes. Let's say you're working at the hospital and you're doing your, your notes, you're kind of charting all throughout the day at random hours and it's clogging you down and maybe you need to set a timer and just get those notes done during the session, um, your client session or, or patient session, or you need to just get them done you know, 30 minutes a day every day at like one o'clock or something. So whatever the, the tips and tricks are for your personal life, you know, you get to those when, when you're able to reflect and you reflect when you're able to step back and you step back when you're aware and you're aware when you when you really are um, growing as a human and as a dietitian boss. So we, we promote that and support that, and it's not always easy. So um, we just want to uh, inspire you to continue on your journey on the path. On that note, Sarah, any final words you want to leave our audience with as they are thinking through time management? No, just if they've not taken a look at their ideal week, definitely give it a try. Love it. Bottom line, take a look at your ideal week. Go ahead and tag us, uh, tag Lynn Rothschild on Instagram for some motivation and hashtag show your face. We'll see you on social media. If you're looking to start and grow your business, we have two opportunities. Our society program to help you land your first clients and really get a system up and running, develop your message, create content, get your offer up and going and enroll in your offer. And then for our high-level executive program, for those of you who already are working with clients and do not have an issue with attracting clients, uh, me and my team will be able to help you get systems in place so that you can work less hours and make more money and truly scale your business. So whether you're looking to get started 
or you're looking to rev up your business, Dietitian Boss has opportunities for you. Please apply to our services found on my website at LibbyRothschild.com, or you can find in the show notes a link to apply.